What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, September 26th. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez, or Gold Bar Bob, is refusing to resign after his indictment, saying that he's going to run for re-election. Well, candidate for the Senate in New Jersey, Shirley Mayakusik, joins me on the podcast for her reaction. Plus, we know just how important the young American vote is in 2024. Can the Republicans encourage the young Americans to vote red? Well, social media influencer Will Witt joins me on the podcast to discuss that. And finally, your taxpayer money is funding far more than just weapons in the Ukraine. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. The American family is under attack. Parents are the underdog of this nation. Your children are being indoctrinated. That's right. Your children. They do not belong to the state. They do not belong to the school system. They belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to the Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching the broadcast live here on Rumble, you know what to do. Get down there and hit that share button. Let's get as many people in the live as possible. I'd love it if you guys take part in the chat. Let's get some conversations going there on some of the topics. Got some great guests to bring you guys today. I have two guests for the first time on the Alec Lay Show. I'm going to have two guests on the program. I owe this all to you guys. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to get more popular here, and that's all because of you guys. Don't forget to hit the follow button. If this is your first time watching the podcast, get down there, hit the follow button here on Rumble. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please hit me with that rating review. It goes a long way to help me out. And again, thank you guys so much. I owe it all to you, the listener out there. Hit me in the chat down there. Let me know what guests you guys would like to hear on the podcast. Again, I said I got two awesome guests for you guys today. First up, you know, we're going to talk about this story about Senator Bob Menendez, which, you know, turns out he's another one of these crooked politicians. He's been indicted. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, I am going to bring on a candidate for the U.S. Senate right here in my home state of New Jersey. Uh, Shirley Maya Kusick, who's going to join me for her reaction. And then later today, we're going to talk with Will Witt, who is an, just a uh, viral social media influencer. He's got a new book out, Do Not Comply. We're going to talk about the young American vote. And is it possible for the Republicans to win over the young Americans in this country? You know that the Democrats are all in, pulling no stops to get that young voter. So we're going to talk about a lot, lot to get to here on the podcast today. Quick uh, announcement for the show on Thursday. I will be joined by Congressman Scott Perry. He'll be here on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Rumble. So again, make sure you're down there and hit that follow button. You don't want to miss out on that one. A lot is going on in the House right now. So we're going to catch up with Congressman Perry and talk all about it. He is the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. So it's going to be a, a, the conversation is going to be a banger. So let's kick this off here right now with Senator Bob Menendez. Uh, you know, he gave an apology yesterday for this, but the story is, is that he has been indicted. Menendez, and this is from Breitbart, I'll put it on the board. Menendez and his wife were charged with conspiracy to commit bribery, conspiracy to commit honest service fraud, conspiracy to commit extortion under color of official right. So now this is the second time that Senator Bob Menendez has been indicted on bribery allegations. He was also indicted back in 2015. 
and uh, that, that case was dismissed. What was it? It was a mistrial. Oh, so Bob got away with it once before here. So now you're seeing Democrats across the board are calling for uh, Menendez, Senator Menendez, to step down and resign, which makes you kind of scratch your head. And it's like, well, why would they be doing this? Could they be using this as they know that this guy's caught red-handed saying, oh, look, we're doing this, so you guys should uh, say the same thing about Trump. Trump shouldn't run again because we're doing the right thing. You should do the right thing, too. Could Bob Menendez have been set up to take a fall here? Because they found what they found in this guy's home was $480,000 in cash and over $100,000 in gold bars that he took as bribes. That's what they're saying. They got fingerprints on the envelopes that the money came from with these guys over in Egypt or whatever it is. That he, he's tied into some shenanigans here. We're going to talk about this in just a second. But, uh, you, you know, we have only in New Jersey, we have only had one senator that's been a Republican in the last 40 years. And that one Republican senator only filled in for four months after Senator Frank Lautenberg died while serving in office. This guy, Jeffrey Chiza, he filled in for four months. Other than those four months, there hasn't been a Republican senator in New Jersey in 40 years, not since 1982. All right. So the politics in New Jersey, and we only had the, the last Republican governor we had was Chris Christie. And you may as well call him a Democrat because he's sure as hell ain't no Republican. So we are in trouble in the state of New Jersey. I like to refer to this state as the communist state of New Jersey. God knows Governor Murphy uh, is about as communist as a governor as you can get. And so we're going to talk to Shirley Mayakusik, who is running for U.S. Senate against Bob Menendez. We're going to get her reaction. And we're going to break this down. First, I want to set up the apology clip or the, the, the denial clip here from Senator Menendez. Take a listen. Third, for 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands, thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Now, this may seem old-fashioned, but these were monies drawn from my personal savings account based on the income that I have lawfully derived over those 30 years. I look forward to addressing other issues at trial. Also, let's not forget, too, Bob Menendez blamed this on racism. Oh, yeah, let me put this up on the board from MSNBC here. Uh, Senator Bob Menendez, it is not lost on me how quickly some are rushing to judge a Latino and push him out of his seat. I am not going anywhere. So this has nothing to do with you being corrupt, Senator Menendez. This has to do with you being Latino. Oh, okay, I get it now. So uh, this, th this corruption that's been uncovered in your home with the fingerprints and the gold bars has nothing to do with you taking money. It has everything to do with racism. So again, I have got, I'm in the Zoom room here, candidate for U.S. Senate, Shirley Mayakusik, who is running against it. Now, uh, Shirley is somebody who was born in Brazil. Uh, running for the U.S. Senate seat against Bob Menendez here in the state of New Jersey, which hasn't had a full-time senator in, in 40 years, not since 1982. Again, we've only had one, and that was for a four-month span for a fill-in guy. Uh, we haven't had an elected Republican senator in 40 years in New Jersey. So this is going to be awesome. Don't forget, after my interview with Shirley, I am going to have Will Witt, is going to be joining me on the podcast. He's got a new book out, Do Not Comply. We know how important the young vote is in America. Will Witt, young 27-year-old, social media juggernaut. He's got a powerful amount of influence. We're going to need a lot of it in 2024. So I'm excited to have him on the podcast. So stick around for that as well. Let's get to this right now. And let's bring Shirley into the room.
Joining me now, Shirley Mayakusik. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Thank you for having me, Alec. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, you know, you are campaigning to unseat Bob Menendez in the U.S. Senate. He's just been indicted on bribery charges. What's your reaction to it? Well, as every New Jerseyan was not surprised. He is being investigated for a while, so... Um, that's what we need from the Justice Department. Investigate, move on, and give us the result. That's the America we need. That's what we need to exercise. It's our right to see what is being done on behalf of the Justice Department when we come for this situation. Indict whomever and make held responsible for anybody just use our taxpayer money paying their salary and use that wrongly. So we don't want that. So indict, show us, and then update us. That's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah, very well said, Shirley. And I know what, what's kind of surprising to me here, too, is that a lot of the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Fetterman, are calling on Bob Menendez to resign, which, uh, you know, is kind of, you know, asking him to step down. And it's kind of making me wonder if there was something like set up with this guy and why are they all, it's kind of making me a little curious as to why they're all jumping on the bandwagon and asking him to resign. What's your take on the Democrats calling for him to resign? Let's talk about Democrats here. They're not playing, they're not exercising democracy. What they want right now is get America upside down. It's their interest, not us. They are not calling America for America. They are doing and exercising all for theirs, for their best interest. So surprise, surprise, Bob Menendez is not going to resign. For sure, he's not going to let it go. He want to finish this election. He knows he's going to lo- lose, but it's more interest for his best interest to be on- until the end of the election. Now, why are they calling him to resign? Because they want to put someone which goes for their best interest, not for the best interest for America. We all know that, Alec. Yeah, Shirley, this is a guy who had a a half a million dollars in cash, $100,000 in gold bars in his house. And he's saying that this is stuff that he withdrew from his savings account. I mean, this sounds like more like something out of the Sopranos here uh, rather than something that he's done legitimately. So I I would just imagine that this has got to be far worse than what we even know at this point. But this took a year for us to even find out. They did this investigation. They've had it a year ago. Now we're just finding out about it. And it seems like once again, especially here in New Jersey, we're finding out that our politicians are nothing more but just full of corruption. I watched that episode of Sopranos. And then, to be honest with you, when I was reading the news, let me tell you, that's what pops up in my mind. Corruption, money laundry, uh, bribery, everything. So New Jersey was... And in, in, in the show now, it's kind of repeating the story. <laughs> the fiction <laughs> came to reality. <laughs> so anyway, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think it's way and beyond more than that. So that's what they caught in his house. Imagine what is behind the scene, because as a chair, uh, a committee for uh, chair com- uh, of committee uh, representing state of New Jersey on the Senate, he used his power to do the corruption to the roof. His wife is a bozo for 60,000 Mercedes-Benz, jewelry, and beautiful house and all. What does that mean? She was Google on, on, on how much cost one kilo of bar gold. 
So what does that mean? Where are we going? This is America. Excuse me. And, and, and Shirley, I, I'm curious to get your take because Senator Bob Menendez, he blamed this on being Latino. He said uh, people are so quick to look at this because I'm Latino. This has nothing to do with the corruption he's involved in. People are judging him as racism now. You are a Latino woman. What's your take on that? Is he being uh, singled out because he's a Latino? Let me tell you. He is ashamed, the Cubans, the Latinos, the Spanish people, the foreign. He using this in order to just say like, oh, I'm okay. No way. Latinos don't, it's not corrupt like that. He is very shameful for America. I'm Latina. I'm not corrupted. And we have another Latinos on, 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 as a, polit a political officials. They're not corrupted. What, is, what, what does that mean? So... Don't use that. Don't shame more than we have in America right now. As a Latina, I want to show the honest. I want to show what is that mean. Pay the salary from the taxpayer. We foot him the bill to he get more rich. So let's put it this way. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. He going to be over there, Alec. He going to be over there until the end of the election. And guess what? As a Latina, a strong mama bear, I'm going to win this election and show the population who is the Latina can work hard and don't corrupt. That's what I'm going to do. Well, God bless you. I know you are the leading GOP candidate for the U.S. Senate. We have not had a, uh, a senator from New Jersey be elected in 40 years. We had one guy for four months for a little bit there that took over, but we haven't had an elected New Jersey senator in 40 years. Uh, what is the response from your campaign? Are, 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 what are you gaining momentum here? How is the campaign going? Okay, let me make you a little bit more impressed. It's 44 years. We don't have New Jersey uh, a, a senator representing us in the state of New Jersey. And Bob Menendez is... Just in the Senate for 17 years, just corrupting, putting his his big saving there from uh, under our cost. And my campaign, my team, they know, we all know that New Jersey need a new leadership. New Jersey need a honest representation. It's been 17 years, as I said, 44 years New Jersey doesn't have a, new, uh, a senator represent with honest integrity. Enough is enough. Let's just change. It's enough is enough. It's a, a chance to change and come up with a strong woman like me, Mama Bear, protecting the kids, protecting our New Jersey, go for the law and order. And also, uh, Alec, let me tell you, we have to change. 2024 is going to bring a beautiful change. New Jerseyans and Americans going to see the most beautiful change. We are on demand to change that. Promise to you, we're going to work hard. My campaign, we're working hard to prove that. And thank God we all honest, not this bozo wife and shameful Bob Menendez to say, like, we are here to do what? to have our taxpayer foot in the bill of his silence, his corruption. No way. Enough is enough. Yeah. While he's lining his pockets and stuffing the money under the mattress. Listen, I'm, I'm here in New Jersey. I know we need change. I'm sick and tired of, number one, Governor Murphy, who's made this just a, the communist uh, state of New Jersey here. And I would love to see some Republican representation in the Senate. Again, uh, it seems like a, a, it's uh, been going the wrong way for so long. But also, I wanted to get your take, too, now. Being a Latino woman, uh, um, I know you got at least six grandkids. Uh, you came here, what, 30 years ago, immigrated? 
Chase, what is your take on this open border that we got right now uh, that people are just storming in here? We're being invaded from our southwest border. And it just seems like uh, Joe Biden is doing nothing to stop this. The Democrats are doing nothing at all to stop it. What's your take? Well, let me give you a little bit of my thought process in, in the border. I came over here over 30 years ago through the front door. I pay all the dues by the law to became this America dream. I'm a mother of three, a grandmother of six, which my first American born grandson is a Marine now, which we're doing our best to represent America. America was built and is still built by immigrants. But guess what? No open border. I work more than 30 years with immigration, internationally and nationally. Let me tell you something. I know what to fix, how to do, and I'm going to do hard. We have to close the border and legalize all the people we need that comply with the law, not with the open open border right now. The amount of fentanyl coming here is killing our American, our women, men, and kids. We need to protect our border, exercise our laws, and do the right thing. I am the America dream doing the right thing. Why can we repeat that? I want my America back. Let's do it the right thing. I know what to do. I know what to propose. And America has every country need a border. There's no such a thing, a country without a border. What, what are we doing? So it's like it's making in my face as a Latina, as an immigrant, came over here, pay all the dues, and what? Now they open the border and let the people there. Why are they doing this to me, to all Americans? We need to close that border. And I know what to do. We have to update our immigration system. We need to get the border closed and get more entrepreneurs inside America, invest in America as used to be. This immigration department is completely an update. We need to change that. That's what I'm going to do. Close the border. Yeah, well, amen. I mean, it is America last. It seems like America and Americans are being put last. I'm sick and tired of it. I know you are. Uh, I pray to God we can get you into the Senate and get this Bob Menendez uh, crook uh, criminal out of there and stop the nonsense. Where do the people go that want to follow your campaign, contribute if they want to? Where do they find you? Alec, thanks for this opportunity. Um, as you said, I am running for U.S. Senate on 2024, representing the state of New Jersey. We're going to win this race. And let me tell you, we need a campaign, need volunteers, need donation. And also we need to vote. People has to stand up. New Jersey has to stand up and vote. In order to find me, goes to Shirley, number four, USSenate.com. Join me on this movement. I need you there, Alec, and all our New Jersey to change, a chance to change. We need to reclaim our America dream. Yeah. Amen. And God bless you for running. I know it's not easy and not easy on the family, not easy on the individual. But we need people like you in there to do it. Happy to support. The link to your campaign is down there in the description below. I encourage everybody to at least go down there, find out about it, share it with anybody in your contact list that's in New Jersey. And let's get Shirley in there. Shirley, uh, Maya Cusick, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on The Alec Lay Show. Thank you very much, Alec. It's a pleasure to be here with you. See you soon. 
All right. Honored to have Shirley Mayakusik on the podcast today. The link to her campaign, if you're interested in helping her out, is down there in the description below. And she's going to need it because, as I mentioned, it is an uphill battle for Republicans in the state of New Jersey, especially for these Senate races, which have been dominated by the Democrats for far too long here. So we definitely got to get a Republican in the Senate. We'd love to see it happen for Shirley. I'm honored that she stopped by the podcast today here. And again, how many of these politicians are doing the same thing as Menendez? and it just ain't getting caught. I mean, that's what you... Growing up, you're always told, don't trust politicians and lawyers, right? Now, all of a sudden, it's, oh, no, we have to trust our politicians. No, no, no. More and more of these guys are coming out. And, of course, right away, uh, the Democrats jumped on this, which has to make you suspicious about it. Why did so many call for Menendez to step down right away? And then it's going to be, oh, look, we did it, so you should do it now. So something more, uh, I smell a rat somewhere along the lines here with this Menendez thing. I think he's set up, maybe being set up to take a fall. They obviously knew this guy was probably on the take. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't a secret. So why did they out him? Why did they point to his direction? And they uncovered a hundred over $100,000 in gold bars the guy's got in his house. So something... Something more than meets the eye going on with this entire case. Let me know what you think down in the comments. Let me know what you think about uh, Shirley Mayakusik and her campaign for the U.S. Senate. Comment down below. Get involved in the chat down there. Right now, we're going to turn our attention uh, to the young American vote, which is very, very important. It's a huge demographic. In 2024, it could make the difference. We're going to talk to social media influencer Will Witt, who's got a brand new book out, Do Not Comply, Taking Power Back from America's Corrupt Elite. He's going to join me. I'm going to hit you guys with a quick spot, and I'm back on the other side with Will Witt. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. Alec Lace has interviewed more than 700 dads on his award-winning podcast, First Class Fatherhood. Dads from all walks of life, including Tom Brady, Deion Sanders, Matthew McConaughey, Steve Harvey, Tony Hawk, Eric Trump, and so many more. Find out why First Class Fatherhood has been number one on the iTunes charts. Who these men are as fathers and how they raise their children is far more important than anything they accomplish in their careers. Alec Lace encourages his high-profile guests to share their fatherhood journeys and offer advice to new and soon-to-be dads. Let every father in your contact list know about First Class Fatherhood. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day is Father's Day on First Class Fatherhood. You're listening to The Alec Lace Show. The future is family. All right. Welcome back, guys. We know just how important this 2024 election is. Uh, It's one of the huge reasons why I'm here right now doing this podcast, because if we don't win in 2024, we may never get this country back ever again. It has been just turned loose uh, to the illegals that are invading the border. Inflation is through the roof. You guys know the story. You know what we're facing here. Although the mainstream media tries to pretty it up and put a little a little whipped cream on it. We're getting buried here in the United States and we need to win in 2024. And a lot of that is going to come down to the young vote. We know that the Democrats are turning out the young voters. You got the Taylor Swift uh, craze that's going on. She's signing up people to, to register to vote left and right. Thousands of people. So we need powerful influence from the right. And we got to get it because we got to encourage these young voters to get out there and get these Democrats the hell out of office, which is a, which is a difficult task. Because I know generally uh, teenagers, young Americans start out liberals. We, we want to change this and change that. And then all of a sudden you get married, you start having kids and you obviously, then you start leaning more towards conservative. And that seems to be the, the typical uh, route, I want to say, maybe most common route. 
a younger liberal, older conservative. Well, we got to turn that mindset around and we got to do it pretty quick. It's going to take guys like Will Witt, my next guest, uh, to do just that because he's got a connection right in there. And I'm going to give you a sample of his work in just a second. But don't forget, next week on the podcast, Congressman Scott Perry is going to join me right here on the Alec Lay Show. So don't forget to get down there, hit the follow button, uh, like the video, share today's broadcast, and uh, come back on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live right here on Rumble. Congressman Scott Perry, uh, chairman of the Freedom Caucus, will be joining me here on the podcast. All right, so my next guest, Will Witt, is out with a new book, Do Not Comply, Taking Power Back from America's Corrupt Elite. Let me give you a quick sampling of some of Will's work. Take a look. No political party Abraham Lincoln was a part of? Democratic? No. No? Republican. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. They started the Republican Party. Exception, then. Yeah, I know. Okay. I guess Republicans aren't so bad. No. <laughs> what party was Lincoln a part of? Um, the Democratic Party. No. Lincoln? Republican Party. Uh, Democratic? No. Republicans had a very different outlook back in the 1800s. Yeah. They wanted to free the slaves back then? Was that the Republican Party? Or was that just kind of a general consensus of... That was the Republican Party, yeah. yeah. yeah it was like the Republican was pretty much the anti-slavery party. The Democrats were like the party of the KKK, things like that. Scary stuff there from so many of the young Americans in this country. That's why we got to change these mindsets around and get them the information. As I said, uh, it's important to get this information, the type of that Will Witt is putting out there, into the hands of young Americans specifically. All Americans, definitely, but young Americans in particular. So let's do this now. Let's bring Will Witt into the podcast. All right. Joining me now, Will Witt. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, let's start like this. you got the new book, Do Not Comply, Taking Power Back from America's Corrupt Elite. Why'd you come out with the book here? What can we expect when we get it in our hands? Well, I think when people think of Do Not Comply, they automatically think of COVID and vaccines and masks. But to be honest, it's a lot more than that. You have the teachers union, the Democrats, the Rhino Republicans, the, the, the school system, big pharma, big media, big tech, all these different entities that have created an oligarchy in America. And all of these people have an agenda that they want you to comply with. And my book is about more than just don't wear a mask. It's about not complying with anyone who wants to make you a slave. And it's funny, you know, about a year ago, we were thinking about the title of the book, like, do not comply. Is that still going to be relevant in a year from now? And of course, it's even more relevant now than ever with, with the title. And I hope that people take something away from it with that. Yeah, and it's perfect timing, too, because as we see, they're rolling out all the same stuff as they, they did two years ago and, uh, you know, talking about the masks and coming back. But it is more than that. It, it, it is, Will. And, and one thing that I'm curious about for you is obviously this younger generation, your generation here, it, it seems like these, are, these guys ain't watching Sean Hannity. They're not watching uh, Bill O'Reilly. They're not listening to Mark Levin on the radio. They're on TikTok. They're on social media. And that's where you live. That's where you're thriving. But is this enough to reach this new generation of voters, because it seems like they're being overpowered because, uh, you know, the Democrats have big, big tech in their pocket. They they own the media. They own Hollywood where the where this messages is. I mean, do we have a chance to really get through to this younger generation? Are we making progress in that area? Yeah, I think we're actually making a lot of progress. I think it's harder with young women because young women are so tied to the abortion issue, unfortunately, and they believe that it's a woman's rights issue and not a human life issue. And so I think that is actually our 
hardest battle as conservatives on how to bring young women over to our side, even if we're pro-life, you know, and myself unabashedly, un, unflinchingly pro-life. So that's very difficult. But one thing I'll mention here is that with social media and TikTok, we've woken millions of young people up to the the evils of the Democrats, the evils of the elites, what's happening in this country. And they know a lot of the things that are going on. But it's one thing to know what's going on. It's another thing to act on what's going on. So the title of the book, I mean, Do Not Comply, that is the next step. Sure, you could have all the knowledge in the world and believe all of these things. But if you don't actually go and not comply and actually even go on the offensive and try and do something about the the perils that our, our state is in, well, then you're kind of you're not really doing anything at all. We have to be more than just people who know things. We have to be people who do things. Yeah, well said, Will. And and on that, too, you're talking about, obviously, the abortion issue is a major one. We've just seen the whole thing with Donald Trump saying no big deal on the six-week uh, or a bad move on the six-week abortion ban. This this does seem to be a very big issue. Now, with, with the right side, with our side, the abortion one, if you take that hardline stance, you're afraid of chasing away, uh, you know, people that are in the middle, independent. On the other side, it's the gun control. Now, they try to come at the gun control as if, oh, we're not really trying to take your guns away. We just want to do this. We just want to do that. Where the real hardline, they want to take the guns away completely. The real hardline on the right wants to take away all abortion rights, uh, you know, all abortion completely. So those two hard things. Uh, are we seeing more of just playing politics when we hear it from the left? Like, ah, oh, we don't really like Pete Buttigieg. We've seen him walk that back where I'm coming for your AR-15. Oh, no, I never said that. We, uh, is there going to be any way? Is there any middle ground in those two areas whatsoever? Well, of course, there is middle ground. You can find middle ground on really any issue. It's whether or not we think that middle ground is acceptable for us. For me personally, when it comes to the abortion issue, I can't see that middle ground would really be acceptable because if you believe that it's a human life, a conception, then you can't really have a middle ground, can you? It's just, it's human life. You protect it in the eyes of God. This is wrong. We are going to stand up for it unabashedly. Now, when it comes to the gun issue, this is a a Second Amendment issue, which also means that it's a God-given right issue. The Founding Fathers wrote that you have inalienable rights given to you by your creator. The Second Amendment is one of those rights. You have the right to defend yourself from a tyrannical government and is something else that we cannot compromise on. But what you see so often is that Republicans, conservatives, they're willing to compromise on issues. They will compromise and bend over backwards for the left all the time, whereas the left will not. The reason why we are in the place that we are as a country is because conservatives have have completely ceded ground to the left on every issue. It's why every 10 seconds you go on social media, you're seeing the latest trans thing or the next video of some teacher wanting to, to indoctrinate our students, all these kind of things, because conservatives have let this happen because we have continually found, found common ground, quote unquote, common ground, when they have just steamrolled us. We're not finding common ground. We're letting them take over. We are. And it seems that's what I'm saying, Will, is like it seems like just from watching social media, watching the, the regular the news, it seems like they're overwhelmingly winning this fight when it comes to this because their messaging is so much stronger. It seems like that's the way it is. But when you talk to people on the street, like when I have conversations with Democrats, n- none of them want their daughter to be using the same bathroom as a grown man. But if you watch what's going on on Twitter and on Instagram and TikTok, you would think that everybody seems to be OK with this. And that's not the truth. And and so that's like I think that's one of the points that really needs to be hammered on as we lead into this is hammer on those things. The transgender issue has gotten so far out of control for just one percent or less of our entire population. And it seems like it's such a major, big bombshell issue. And it's really not. There's no parents out there that want their daughters to compete against men in sports. 
sports. There's there's no guy, there's no dad that's out there that I've talked to that thinks it's a good idea to have his daughter share the same bathroom with a dude. So I, I think that's like a no-brainer thing that needs to be just hammered as we get into 2024 because it's a much easier to debate that than it is to debate, say, the abortion or the, the Second Amendment uh, con- conversation. Of course, and you're exactly right. There are so many people in this country who believe the common sense standards that you're just exactly talking about. But it goes back to the point of, yes, these people believe it, but they're not fighting against it. They're not speaking out against it. They're not doing anything. And when it comes to voting, they still don't even do anything. They still vote for Democrats or they vote for weak Republicans who, again, find that common ground. We have to do more than just believe it. We have to actually fight for these kinds of things because conservatives for way too long in America have been on the back foot. You know, you you were just talking about the Democrats have a plan of what they're doing. Yeah, they say in 10 years, we want to get rid of fossil fuels. In five years, we want to ban the police. And in 20 years, we want everyone to, you know, uh, align with this this gay trans agenda, you know, whatever it is, they have a plan that they say, this is our plan, and we want to get it done. Whereas conservatives, our plan is, oh, we want to keep the police. Oh, we want to just keep fossil fuels. Oh, we don't want this trans agenda. What can we offer to people that is more than just a defense of what the left is already saying, and actually go on offense and provide our own plan for people on how to fix it. Now, granted, conservatism, the word conserve means you are looking backwards to something else to base, you know, on tradition or heritage and using that moving forward. So it is inherently a little more defensive. But I think that conservatives and Republicans can do a much better job on trying to give young people specifically a vision for the future of America and also a message of of purpose, adventure and, and hope. Yeah. And one guy that's doing that. And again, do not comply. Taking power back from America's corrupt elite link to the book is in the description. One guy that is doing that. Will it seems to be is Vivek Ramaswamy. He's a guy that I did an interview when he launched his campaign. Uh, he had me on his podcast. I was kind of very impressed with, you know, a lot of his talking points. He's saying the things that conservatives want to hear. He's connecting well with the millennials. And it seems like his approach is a little bit more different than the rest of the guys in the race. Uh, and I'm curious to get your take on, on Vivek and his campaign so far. Yeah, in terms of marketing, this guy's very good. I mean, obviously, he's working on social media to make sure that people know his face in the Republican debate. He was front and center talking very, I guess you could say, eloquently and loudly and making sure that he was the strongest person up there when it came to hammering down his points. I think that's all exactly right. My only concern is I don't know exactly how genuine it is. It seems to me in a way that he might just be saying the things that he knows that people like us want to hear. And that's kind of scary that that's the way that we view politics, because I could be completely wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But that's scary the way that so many young people, when I talk to them about Vivek and they'll say, yeah, I kind of see it that way, too. He kind of seems like a might be a snake oil salesman. And that's just because we've gotten so apathetic towards politics because we can't trust any of our leaders out there. That's why young people don't want to vote. They don't believe their vote doesn't matter because they think it's not getting counted. They believe their vote doesn't matter because they believe all the candidates are the same. And that's, I mean, it seems like, you know, growing up even, it was like, you don't trust politicians or lawyers. Like that was one of the things where it was like, these guys, they're just telling you what you want to hear. And that's so much of what politics is. That's what I think Donald Trump changed so much of the political landscape when he came in as that outsider, a guy that wasn't into politics for so many years. And that's why he connected so well with Americans, especially the middle class was saying, yeah, here's a guy that has money. So they can't bribe this guy into uh, doing what they want. And he's not a politician. So I think that's why so many people gravitate. 
we've never seen a movement like we have with Donald Trump before. And it just seems like um, right now, I, in my opinion, I think, we, you know, the conservatives need to be rallying around one another instead of like right now. I, I know a lot of people think it's good the the Trump DeSantis uh, debate back and forth. I don't agree. I, I think that I, I really wish that DeSantis would have had thrown his weight behind Donald Trump and endorsed Donald Trump. And I think uh, a Trump DeSantis ticket would have been the most powerful ticket we could have had in 2024. Now that's really off the table. And so now they're going at one another. And then when Trump wins this nomination, it's going to have to be all these people that were trying to, you know, shit on Donald Trump. Now they're going to have to say, oh, yeah, that's the guy we really want. It's not going to look too good once it comes to the 2024 run. Well, the Republicans are absolutely tearing themselves apart. It seems to me like most Republicans right now care more about an individual, a candidate winning in that sense, instead of the ideas and values that are actually going to fix this country. I think that if we start looking at ideas and values, we can bring back together the Republican Party and the conserv and conservatism in this country. But right now, we're not so focused on that. I think that's problems on basically the, the MAGA Trump camp types of people and also the DeSantis people and the Pence people, the Vex people, like all these people. I think we're missing the ball on so much of it. I really wish that we could all, you know, I don't want to sound like some utopia kumbaya type of guy. We're all coming together, holding hands, and, and now we got it. But if we have good candidates who we actually believe in, yet we're trying to tear them down down on every single which way and say they're horrible this, they're horrible that. There is no unity within conservatism, even if we have good people. The ideas are great, and we're we're missing the boat on that. We, we are. It's sad to see. And again, the, the Democrats play this game so much better than than the Republicans do. They're just they're just far more advanced in their marketing. They're far more advanced at getting people to the ballot box. They're far more advanced at hitting hitting the issues they want. Like you said, they paint that few, that vision of America that they want. They're planning 10 steps ahead while the conservative sides keep playing defense. And one thing which is mind boggling, I know you do it because you're, you're out there on the street asking these questions and stuff, doing all the, uh, the social media stuff. And it's like it seems like the left has convinced our young generation to hate themselves. They hate their race. They hate their gender. They hate their orientation. They're just become self-hating. And it's, it's why I know libs of TikTok is great at this too. They they're just pointing out like what we have done to the younger generation here. And I don't know how we get that back because it seems like so much of that comes through the college pipeline where, you know, now the, the, the you know, I have a senior in high school. I got four kids. My oldest is a senior in high school. We're looking at colleges, but it's like, we're, we're there, there's no fear from the liberal that they're going to send their kid to college and the kid is going to come out draped in the American flag, loving America. And, and, and the, the, my side, the conservatives, we're afraid of sending our kid to school and coming out hating America and wanting to defund the police. So it's, it's, it's a scary time because they have complete control over the most universities in this country. And that's what's spitting out all these ideologies of just self-hatred from the young people. And I don't know how to win that back. I mean, do not comply uh, you know, with the universities, but how in the world do you change something like that? Well, it takes meaning in these young people's lives. They don't have a sense of meaning. I think Nietzsche said it best when he said, God is dead and we have killed him. So you take Christianity, you take these types of values out of the Western world, what comes in its place? Well, leftism comes in its place. Humans are inherently religious. They want some sort of ideology or framework to get behind. And so leftism comes in in the gap of Christianity and comes and says, hey, we can give you this new ideology where instead of looking to a savior, Jesus Christ, you are the savior. You're going to come in and save black people from the oppressive foot of, of white racism. You're going to come in and save mother nature from, from the evil corporatists who are coming to destroy. You're going to come in and save trans people from the people who want to see them destroyed. You are now the savior in this new religion. It's very narcissistic. It's very selfish. It's very self-indulgent. 
and it's very seductive and intoxicating to young people. So as conservatives, if we want to fix this, we have to have a mission and plan that gives young people uh, a, a sense of purpose, a sense of mission, of adventure in their lives that isn't just, oh, you know, here's the latest Republican uh, presidential hopeful and you need to vote for him, or, you know, this is our tax policy or uh, whatever it is. We need to give them a mission of this will actually make your life better and give you fulfillment in your life. If we do that, we can get rid of the nihilism in this country and and really change things. But right now, I don't think conservatives are doing a great job. That's what I tried to do in my book. Right. And, that, and that's what I always say is we got to get the information. So we got to get the information to these people, especially the younger generation. And that's why do not comply is an important one. Now, it, obviously, you break down, I would imagine, some of the covid stuff in there. But, uh, you know, how, do you address solutions for the, the way that, you know, you're talking about political, pharmaceutical, uh, big tech media? Do you pr- provide some solutions, some answers that can equip these young guys or young girls in the debates when they're facing these guys? You know, just in the subway or in the hallway or when they're having these conversations at work or at school, do you equip them with some of the knowledge to debate these issues? Very much so. So usually in the chapters, about half of it's very political um, and half of the book, I mean, is very political. And about three quarters of each of those chapters, the big media chapter, the big tech chapter, the big pharma chapter, America's financial institutions, America's political system. These chapters, about three quarters of them are really all the facts and how the elites got into power, what they're doing. Here's what you need to know to talk to people about it. And then the, the last quarter of each one is how you can actually break free become an individual and break free from these entities and be the person who you are meant to be. And so then the second half of the book, I guess you could say, is more philosophical on how you can be an individual and fight back yourself against these powers that be. Well, Will, I, I can't tell you how important it is, your voice, your book right now. We need it because we have got to we got to do something to empower these people, equip them with the with the information to debate these issues, because we it seems like we are losing. And if we don't do something for 2024, I, I'm afraid that if we don't win in 2024, we're going to lose the country. I know we say that every year. Oh, this is the biggest election, biggest one. But it just seems like if we don't do it now, we are finished in this country. So uh, do not comply. Taking power back from America's corrupt elite. Link is down there in the description below. What are you doing for the book? You Matt, what is the appearances like? You're doing the book tours down there in Florida. What do you got coming up that people can look forward to? Yeah, when this comes out, I got a three-week book tour I'm going on. The first week's all in Florida, second week in the Southwest, and then after that, I'll be in California for about a week. So I'll be all over the places that I think need this this type of book most and looking forward to seeing all you guys out there. And bring your books. You know, you can order for 30% off on Amazon right now. Love it. Yeah, got the link down in the description below. Do not comply. Taking power back from America's corrupt elite. Will Witt, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on the Alec Lace Show. Of course, man. Thank you. God bless. All right. So cool. Honored that Will Witt took the time to give me a few minutes here on the Alec Lace Show. His new book, Do Not Comply, Taking Power Back from America's Corrupt Elite. The link to the book is down there in the description below. Grab a copy, get a copy for your niece or your nephew or any young American in particular in your life. Share Will Witt, his social medias, his Instagram, his Twitter, his YouTube. Share his social media links. Text them to the young Americans in your contact list. Just send them a few videos of Will Witt, quick ones on TikTok, whatever it is that you want to do. Grab one that you like and send it to people in your contact list, especially the young Americans. We need them involved in this 2024 election. Props to Will Witt uh, for what he is doing. He's got a powerful voice, a powerful influence, got a huge social media following, and we're going to need a lot of Will Wits to win this in 2024. So again, uh, go check him out, follow him, link to his new book, Do Not Comply, is down there in the description below. 
So again, Thursday on the podcast, Congressman Scott Perry is going to join me here. He's the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. There's a lot going on in the House, obviously, right now with the shutdown, the whole bit. Uh, you know, this we, we could not be more uh, in need of a huge turnaround in this country than we are right now. We're at like a, a, a climax, at a pinnacle point in U.S. history right now. And it sounds dire to say end of world type language, but it's like right now uh, we are in a lot of trouble. And, and this next story here too, I wanted to hit on this before I closed it out. You know, the, the United States has sent $70 billion to the Ukraine. 60 Minutes came out with a story that is so heartbreaking to see about where your taxpayer money is actually going. Now you think, oh, we, they need to have more bombs and more missiles and more ammunition. That's where all the money is going. Well, take a quick look at this clip from 60 Minutes. American taxpayers are financing more than just weapons. We discovered the U.S. government's buying seeds and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers and covering the salaries of Ukraine's first responders all 57,000 of them. Russia's invasion shrank Ukraine's economy by about a third. We were surprised to find that to keep it afloat, the US government is subsidizing small businesses. How disheartening is it to see this, right? The, the Americans, uh, American taxpayers, again, are, are are always last. America last when it comes to... Now, the Biden administration's given $70 billion. They want to give another $20 billion. Now, you heard with 60 Minutes, what are we fundraising? What, what are we funding over there? 57,000 first responders. Our first responders over here were forced to leave their jobs if they didn't take the clot shot during COVID. That's how our first responders were treated. We're funding the first responders over there, paying their salaries, 57,000 of them. Oh, good. Let's take care of first responders over in Ukraine. Seed and fertilizer we're paying for. Farmers are hurting in America. That's what's helping to drive the prices up as well because the inflation is out of control. Our farmers are hurting in America. What are we doing? We're paying for, the, for seed and fertilizer in Ukraine. We're subsidizing, I say we because it's us, the taxpayer, we're subsidizing small businesses. What happened to the small businesses here in the United States that had to close their doors or never reopen because of COVID? How about the small businesses that have to be shut down because the crime is so out of control in these cities? You think you can open up a small business in Philadelphia, Chicago, San Francisco, New York, and you think it's going to thrive? You have to lock up your shampoo bottles. You all right? You got to lock up bars of soap. That's how bad it is for small businesses in America. But we're subsidizing small businesses in Ukraine. $70 billion. Now, where's the rest of the NATO allies? Where's that? We're all in it together. Aren't we all in it together? We're, we're, who else is kicking in the money? Well, let's take a look. We're obviously number one as far as you know, getting raked over the coals, taxpayer money. What's the second country that's given money? Well, the second company is Germany. So far, they've given $20 billion. Now, Biden wants to just give 20 billion just like that. Again, Germany's given 20 billion. We've given 50 billion more than the next country in this alliance. We're all in it together. Who's third? Great Britain, 13 billion. The rest of them are all in a single digit billions. Not the U.S., 70 billion dollars. These people hate you. And the reason why I say that is because Donald Trump was asking for what, $5 billion, $8 billion to build a wall? And he was laughed out of all. We don't have that kind of money. You're going to bet that's racist. And you're going to bankrupt America. $5 billion, $8 billion to build a wall. That's a waste of money. We don't have that. We just gave $70 billion to Ukraine. So did we have it? 
Of course we did. Was it about the money? No, it wasn't. They don't want the border closed. They don't want the solution to the border to happen. That's obvious. You know why? Because they hate you. They hate America. They don't want America first. Ukraine first. Anybody else first but America. It was never about the money. And it's not going to be. And your money is going over there to fund the salaries of first responders. It's for seed and fertilizer, for small businesses. Shame on this administration. And we cannot get these people out of office fast enough. You know all about it. Again, uh, Will Witt was with me on the podcast today. Young Americans are going to be huge. My son is voting for the first time in 2024. He'll be 18 years old. Uh, we have got to get the young voter in America to get to the ballot box and vote for Donald Trump in 2024 if we want to turn this country around. So again, uh, I want to thank both of my guests, Shirley Mayakusik and Will Witt, for joining me on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed those interviews. Hit me down there in the chat. Hit me with a comment. Let me know what you thought about today's program. The link to Will Witt's book is down there and below. Down there below. Do not comply. And again, next week on the podcast, uh, Congressman Scott Perry is going to be joining me here. So come back Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Rumble. Again, don't forget to follow the channel. If you like the program, if you like the broadcast, hit the follow button, share it with your contact list, and let's keep building the momentum here. I owe it all to you guys, the listeners out there. I can't say thank you enough. I hope you enjoyed the program today. Hope to see you back here on Thursday. Uh, God bless you listeners out there. God bless our first responders and our military. God bless America. And I'll catch you guys on Thursday.